You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. In 1974, after 121 rejections, Robert M. Persig's first book, Zan in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, was published. It tells the story of a 17-day motorcycle trip from Minneapolis, Minnesota to San Francisco, California. He was accompanied by his son, Chris, and for part of the trip, by close friends John and Sylvia Sutherland. Interspersing the narrative with philosophical discussions on the concept of quality, Persig explores the divisions between romantic and rational perceptions of life. Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance became a bestseller and went on to sell millions of copies in 27 languages. Mark Richardson first pulled a tattered paperback of Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert Persig from his aunt's bookshelf when he was 15 years old. He got 20 pages in and gave up when Persig started talking about ghosts. Ten years later, Richardson, while studying philosophy, spent two months trying to read it, got halfway through, and gave up. At the age of 40, he tried again. When I got to the end of it, I found I'd really enjoyed it. I didn't even put it down. I turned it right from the last page back to the first page, and I read it right through one more time. Richardson was the editor of the automobile section of the Toronto Star and retained an interest in motorcycles. He decided to follow the path of the Persig Pilgrims, a group of fans who had traced the route taken by Robert Persig. Richardson got on his own motorcycle, followed the Pilgrim's path, and wrote the first draft of his book, Zen and Now, on the trail of Robert Persick in the art of motorcycle maintenance. He then sent it out for feedback, which fell into three categories. Some readers were supportive. Friends and family would read it and say, oh, that's a really great book, Mark. Uh, you, you, you missed a comma on page 23, and that was it, right? While sort of gratifying, that response wasn't much help, but it was better than most. The vast majority of those people just never got back to me. It was like I'd taken my book and flushed it down the toilet when I handed it to them. But Richardson had managed to contact the now-reclusive author of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Robert Persig, and others who did respond. Everybody, including Robert Persig, uh, who read my manuscript, told me that there was something missing from it. And they didn't know what it was, and they hoped I'd find out what it was. Without helpful criticism, Richardson decided to do two things. One was that, at somebody's advice, I put my book on a shelf and refused to look at it for a calendar year. But he knew he needed substantive feedback as well. Richardson contacted an acquaintance, not a friend, who had been interested in editing books but had ended up writing about motorcycles. He offered to pay him cash for a critique. And he was the guy who set me straight and said, you know what, I want an analysis of Zen and the Art, and I want to know more about this kooky guy who wrote it. In his eagerness to write a road trip book, Richardson had forgotten the elephant in the room. He left his manuscript on the shelf and plunged into research on Persig. Eventually, it was time to start revising. At the end of the year, I pulled it off and I read my book, and I thought, this is really boring. This is really badly written. I don't know what I was thinking of. This is crap. Richardson wrote a second draft that had all the material he could find on Persig, which wasn't that much. He sent the revised book to Persig himself and members of Persig's family, whom he had tracked down in the process of doing his research. Robert Persig read it and he said, no, there isn't really anything wrong with it. Much better now. Thanks and goodbye. But 
the others read it and said, well, now that we know where you're coming from, you know, there's nothing that's wrong in it, but it's missing so much and let us help to fill in the gaps. He continued to correspond with Persig, who eventually grew impatient. I think he was really fed up with me at this time. Because I was asking a lot of, well, some very difficult questions like, did you carry a gun in your saddlebags? And other questions like, how has this changed your life? Huge open-ended questions that he would just answer with, difficult to say. With access to Persig's family and the intimate information they provided, Richardson rewrote his book. He knew he had found the missing part and could tell he had a better book. Upon publication, Richardson received another message from Persig. He wrote me a long letter of congratulations in which he basically treated me like a fellow author instead of a hounding pest. And uh, that was probably the best letter I've ever received from anyone. Richardson considers himself lucky. He was able to actually correspond with a person missing from the first draft of his first book. For NPR News, I'm Rick Kleffel. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.